What was working on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter just six months ago is no longer performing. Today on Build Your Tribe, I'm going to give you some answers. Welcome to Build Your Tribe with your host, Shalene Johnson. Hey there. Thanks so much for joining me today. This episode, I hope, is going to shed some light on what's been going on in social media and also give you some immediate strategies that you can begin to implement today. Today, they're going to make a huge difference in your business and how you use social media to build awareness about your brand, your product, your service, you, your message. First of all, I have to say this. If you're building a brand or you want to move product, let's say you've got a full-time job and you've just are experimenting with drop shipping, or you are just now starting to understand how to build your business as a network marketer, or maybe you have a business and you're just trying to get more people through the door. The bottom line is you have to be engaged in this game. And I call it a game because there are rules and there's a way to win. So that makes it a game. And there's even a way to keep score. But those rules change all the time. So you just have to understand and commit and accept the fact that you can't just set it and forget it, not when it comes to social media. And that's, you know, that's not that bad of a trade-off if you think about it. Remember, when our parents, if they were going to start a business, like I don't know if your parents were in business, mine were, my parents were entrepreneurs. But back in those days, back in the olden times when the horse was pulling the carriage, just kidding. I don't mean to insult my parents. Just kidding. But honestly, not too many decades ago, just two decades ago, this stuff wasn't around. You couldn't build a business or get a free commercial on Facebook and reach thousands or hundreds of thousands of people for free. It didn't exist. It's free. And that's why even high schoolers can make six figures part-time. Like, that's crazy. But there's a trade-off. Life is fair. And the trade-off is you have to commit to the game, which means you have to commit to staying abreast, to paying attention, to never being complacent, to recognizing that this is going to shift and change and morph. And the evolutionary process that social media experiences is much faster than traditional evolution, right? Like, What's happening in social media today, the changes that we see are so much quicker than the changes and how fast changes were coming like even two and three years ago. And that's because there's more people using social media and more people who are entering the game, more people realizing, you know, gosh, I like my job, but it would be great to have an extra $10,000 this year just by learning how to create passive income online. So a lot of people are getting into the game. And that means that change is going to happen fast and furious. So if you want to win at this game, you have to be abreast. And I already know you know that or you wouldn't be listening to podcasts like this one. In January of 2017, Mark Zuckerberg actually made a statement about the Facebook algorithm. Now, the reason why that is so kind of surprising is because until this time, I mean, let's face it, Facebook goes through algorithm changes all the time, and we're always trying to figure them out. But it hasn't been that often that they've come out and made a public statement. They've kind of let us figure it out because your posts weren't working or, or suddenly something was working. Like when video started to explode, I mean, Facebook made statements that hinted to the fact that they were going to push video content out into the newsfeed. But a lot of what we assumed and figured out about the Facebook algorithm was based on just what we saw happening, you know, 
your posts of a static photo with a catchy quote on it, they weren't working anymore. And video was working. And then it got to a point where it was only video that was organically posted on Facebook. And then it got to a point where they were really favoring just live video. Well, in January of 2017, we noticed a huge algorithm change. And Mark Zuckerberg actually made a public statement in which he promised users that they would be seeing far fewer posts from brands and businesses. And instead, we could expect to see content from our friends and acquaintances that started a conversation. In his terms, he called it, quote, a lively conversation, real and authentic conversations between people, lively conversations. Let's break that statement down and figure out what that means for us. Well, number one, we know that social media has shifted in the last year to be much more personal. Instagram stories, Snapchat, Facebook stories, these are very personal feeling interactions. These are very personal platforms. Things aren't highly produced. It's like you're FaceTiming with somebody. That's number one. Number two is he's telling us, and by the way, I should backtrack and tell you that the reason why Facebook took this very serious approach is because they were down, and this statistic is going to shock you, 50 million users down per day in 2017. 50 million users, fewer users per day. And they wanted to figure out why is this happening? It was happening in their own estimation because people got sick of seeing so much selling, so much branded messages, so much from businesses on Facebook. They're like, you know, I'm just here to update with my friends. So what Facebook's trying to do is a couple things. It is in their best interest to get their statistics back up. They want more people using it every day. That's number one. Number two, their next goal is to keep you on Facebook longer, longer. That's why they say engaging lively conversations. Lively conversations, in my mind, is like a really polite way of saying people fighting and bantering back and forth. That's what I consider a lively conversation. I don't know about you, but the only time I've seen like just debates going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth on Facebook is when people are talking about politics or the president or gun laws or veganism, or they're just fighting about something like the fights on Facebook. Frankly, that's one of the reasons why I can't stand going on Facebook is the fighting that goes back and forth. But I've also engaged in one of these conversations before, like not on one of those topics, but, and I know you've done this too, where you weigh in with your opinion and it's a little bit sassy, or you're like, hmm, I'm going to just drop this bomb and see how people respond. And what do you do? You keep going back and you keep going back to see what other people agree with you or disagree with you, and you, you might jump back in and defend yourself further, and then, and then you end up defending the person who's defending you and who's, like, it turns into this thing where you just keep going back to the same thread over and over and over again. That's what they want. The more time you spend on Facebook, get this, okay? So you got to think about it in the big picture. The longer they can get us to stay on Facebook, the more they can charge for ads. Facebook needs to be profitable. They're a publicly traded company. They need more users to use the platform every day. And they need those users to stay on Facebook longer. So in order to do that, they are going to boost posts. They are going to feature and show and push more content into the newsfeed that is frankly controversial or creates conversations. Which leads me to the whole premise of this episode of Build Your Tribe. And it is curiosity marketing. 
Curiosity marketing is a term that I coined about a year ago when I started recognizing that I personally was getting a bigger return on everything I was doing when it became more personal. When instead of doing like these broadcast videos or broadcast posts where I was focused on getting more likes or more follows, I started gauging my metric for success was how many questions and conversations could I create or generate. And I started doing this specifically on Snapchat and then transferred it to Instagram stories. And now I'm getting better at doing it on Facebook, especially with this new initiative. And I'm promising you that I'm not great at it on Facebook yet, but I'm going to master it because it's what Facebook is telling us, like flat out from Mark's mouth is telling us that's what you need in order to get your content into the newsfeed. Now, before I go too much further into curiosity marketing, because this whole thing is really about curiosity marketing, and another way of thinking about curiosity marketing is any type of post you generate that generates a conversation where you have to listen and ask questions and go back and forth. Now, that might sound cumbersome to you, but it doesn't have to be. And I'm going to share with you some ways to make this manageable so that you don't become a slave to your phone or a slave to your social media. Now, as a business owner, and perhaps even as somebody who spends a lot of time focused on building your business and your brand on Facebook, that announcement in January of 2018 might have been disheartening. I mean, I know like my students in the Marketing Impact Academy kind of acted like the sky was falling. And we just addressed this at our live marketing event, Marketing Impact Academy. By the way, you should check that out if you haven't already. If you're trying to build a business or a brand, or just create passive income, this is the course you need. It takes you from nuts to bolts, from figuring out what that is to which platforms you should be using and how to develop your copy and create email sequences and how do you know if this idea is going to work. And even we go right into like how to create a focus group and how to beta test things before you spend too much time and money invested in something that's not going to work. Anyways, that's the Marketing Impact Academy. It would be remiss of me not to mention it to you because it has changed so many people's lives. People who had ideas didn't know where to start. So if if that's you, if you've got an idea or maybe you're not quite clear on what the idea needs to be, but you, you have an inkling, you have a desire, a passion to create an alternative income or to make your business bigger, check out the Marketing Impact. Go to marketingimpactacademy.com. Okay, anyways, at our live event, we talked about it. And I think Mark is actually telling us how to work around it, right? Again, it's a game. So you're figuring out how to win against your opponent. And in this situation, Mark's saying, we're not going to show you branded and ads and like just company messaging. We're going to show you content that is from people that you truly like, people that you consider your friends or acquaintances that's engaging and creates conversations. So how do you win at that game? By not being a brand. By not coming across as someone who's constantly selling something, who has an agenda, by actually coming across such a way that people are like, oh, that's my friend. I mean, my favorite thing is when I meet you and you're like, oh my God, girl, I know everything about, like, I feel like we're best friends. Like, let's just sit down and just chat because you feel like you already know me. Like, I feel like a friend, I hope, because I talk to you like I'm your friend and hopefully you can talk that way to me. And that is how I feel about my lifers because you do talk to me like I'm your friend and I talk to you like I'm your friend. So for that reason alone, I'm going to win on Facebook because you don't see me as a brand trying to push something on you. You see me as a friend. How can you be seen as a friend? 
by the people who you're trying to reach. I'll tell you how. Number one, stop selling. Stop selling. Stop pushing. Stop promoting. Stop overproducing all the stuff that you're creating. I mean, think about it. You know people who are in this realm, like they use social media to market their business. And then you also have people who are in your real life, like your aunt or your friend from high school, who they're in social media just because they're your friend. They're just, you know, sharing what's going on in their world. But it has a very different feel, doesn't it? One feels very polished and intentional and with an agenda, and the other one feels really organic. I'm suggesting that you experiment, right? Because there's exceptions to every rule, but I'm suggesting that you experiment with less produced, highly perfect content and more kind of documenting your day and sharing with people who you are and what's going on. Sharing the same things that would be interesting to a friend. Now, if it's not interesting, for the love of Pete, don't share it because it's got to create a conversation. So don't share things that are just, you think are beautiful or motivational. It's different now. That's what we used to use as our standard. Now you need to share things that look organic, that don't feel overly produced, but that get people involved in the conversation. Maybe it's a debate. Maybe it's their opinion. Maybe they're asking questions. And the only way people ask questions is if you're not giving them all the information, but you're giving them enough information to be curious. Because when we're curious, that's when we ask questions. When we feel like we have all the answers or we know all the information, we don't ask questions. The three principles I want you to keep in mind when it comes to curiosity marketing are these. Number one, shared words are for the birds. Number two, likes and follows where thin questions for the win. And number three, don't tell me you plan to sell me. Now I'll elaborate. Shared words are for the birds. What I mean by that is just remember that when you copy what somebody else is saying or exactly the way somebody else writes a post or even the copy that they're using in their emails for their business, on your landing pages, in your social media posts. When you copy someone else's words, it's like wearing someone's wardrobe who you like their style, but you're a different size. Like It doesn't fit right. It doesn't look right. It's like wearing somebody's clothes who's the same size as you, but they're not exactly the same style as you. So it never looks right. It never feels right. It's a little off. When we use other people's words, our passion, our truth, our authenticity does not come through. Perfect example of this. It's Sunday afternoon. You're relaxing with your family. You hear a knock at the door. You come over to the door, you open it up, and there stands a young man smiling brightly, and he launches into his spiel. You can tell it's memorized. You can tell that the words have been rehearsed over and over and over again. He's trying to sell you something. Well, number one, your guard is already up. You're already defensive and you're already distrusting. No matter how friendly he looks, no matter how nicely he's dressed, no matter how much you relate to his appearance, the fact that he's using words that probably on his own, there's just something about the way they come out, no matter how rehearsed he is, that just doesn't feel authentic. The best example, I mean, a big example I can give of that situation in my own circumstance, is with the Pio infomercial. Now, Pio is a fitness fusion program that I created in partnership with Beachbody. 
Beachbody spent a fortune, I mean a small fortune, developing the marketing strategy around the infomercial being launched to the market on TV. Now, that is a really expensive and risky proposition. They invested hundreds of thousands, I think probably over a million, launching that infomercial. Beachbody invested so much money in the copywriting. So that's hiring a company that actually writes the words that I'm going to use on camera, direct to camera, to explain the program. And that's an important thing to do because not everyone knows how to be concise, how to convey the features and the benefits, and to give people that persuasive call to action. We used a very reputable company that does this. This is what they do. They produce top performing infomercials from top to bottom, and they know exactly what words to use to get people to act. But it didn't work. I mean, it worked long enough to kind of keep it on the air for, I think, about a year, but not doing anything really. Like, just they kept tweaking it, trying to make it pop, trying to make it pop, trying to make it, you know, past that marker where it's profitable and they can pour more money into the advertising of it. And I remember getting the phone call from the CEO of Beachbody, who just was, you know, kind of sharing the bad news with me that we've tried and tried and tried and we've, invested so much money trying to tweak this program. And for whatever reason, it's just not working. And we're kind of at our wits end. And what I love about Beachbody is they won't throw in the towel, you know? And so I just proposed, can I have a shot at it? Can I use my own words and just film it kind of social media style, direct to camera? And Carl Deichler, who's the CEO of Beachbody, he loved the idea. I mean, he likes things that are out of the box, trailblazing, He knew that the infomercial space had changed so much that there was really no other choice but to just try something completely innovative before completely throwing in the towel. And and in fact, the first couple of renditions that I sent over to Carl um, that I had filmed for my iPhone, he just called me back and I was kind of like a little bummed at first because he's like, I thought he'd be just blown away by them. But he was like, wait a second. I mean, it's not what I see you doing on Snapchat. It's not what I see you doing on Instagram. Like, you know, just permission, Shalene, to 1000% be you. Like, just be exactly who you are when you're doing, you know, Snapchat or Instagram. And I was so excited. I mean, to get that green light, because I mean, this is like a seriously risky move. When I got permission to do that, like when he gave me permission to just be me and use my words, it was so freaking fun. And that's the other thing I want to tell you is, you know, you're not being authentic when it's not fun. When you feel a little bit like you have to put on your your sales hat or your you know professional hat or you, you have this way that you speak when you're on video or when you're doing things in social media or when you're writing emails that just isn't the way you are in real life, well, then it doesn't feel authentic and it starts to not be fun. And that was like the freaking funnest thing I have done in a long time. I didn't even care. I mean, I did care if it did well. I wanted it to do well. But it's one thing to work that hard and not enjoy the process and have it feel kind of inauthentic and, you know, I don't know, just kind of salesy and then have it not do well. But to me, I was like, the journey has been super fun. So if the outcome is great, that's just icing on the cake. And it was great. It became a number one infomercial in a market at a time when infomercials had dried up. Like it was the only thing that was working in fitness in 2017. If I can like just boast on Beachbody for a second, that show got number one infomercial, all categories of the year, all categories. 
and yours truly got infomercial host of the year, which is kind of crazy. Again, considering no makeup, no teleprompter. I mean, me doing my makeup, of course. You don't think I'm going to go on video without any makeup. I'm saying no professional crews here. Nothing that was, you know, specifically written in terms of like by a copywriter. It's just me being authentic and using my words because your words have more energy and energy is attractive and energy feels real and authentic. And here's the deal. Our meter for BS is so sensitive, is so finely tuned because of all the BS that we see on TV, in social media, all the phony stuff that we've gotten really good at spotting inauthenticity. It really stands out when we can tell people are being authentic. And the best way to be authentic is to be authentic, is to be real. I mean, you've got to be real. <laughs> oh boy. You know what? This is a perfect time for the perfect song. To be real. It's got to be real. It's got to be real. Oh yeah. Woo-hoo. I should have been a singer. Sorry about that, Paul. Paul's my podcast editor. And right now he's he's either walked off the job or he's just like he's sending me an email demanding a higher rate. Back to business. So the next thing, when you're practicing curiosity marketing, is to remember that you don't want to tell people that you want to sell people. I mean, you're not in sales, I hope. I hope that you're you are in the business of serving other people. And when you're serving people, it's because you think it's in their best interest, which means you're not like pushing something down someone's throat that they're really not interested in. You know, I mean, I've had to have sales jobs before where I wasn't passionate about what it was I was selling and I, and I didn't feel like I was serving people. What am I talking about? Like specifically when I did telemarketing, dude, I've done all kinds of sales, sales where I wasn't exactly passionate about what I was selling. That's selling, that's sales. You know, it's not a good feeling. Personally, I don't think so. I don't want to ever go back to selling. I want to serve people. And if you want to serve people, which is what I hope you do, you don't want to give people the impression that you are a salesperson, that you are selling them something. You do this inadvertently when you're constantly talking about your product or your company's name, especially those of you who are in network marketing. You guys think about it. Let's just use a very popular MLM. If your name is Herbalife, Amy. If your name is I love Avon Ashley, well, we know that you're a rep for that company. So we also know that your job is to sell stuff. We don't know that that's where your heart is and that's what you're passionate about. So it's going to take us lowering our defenses. Whereas if you just use your name, you know, you just use the Ashley official or whatever, then I just know you. I see you and that's who I connect with. I'm not already distracted by the fact that you're selling me. Another way that people do this is they put all their sales info in their bio. And then every post that they do, they don't create any curiosity. They lay it all out. They do a sales pitch, basically. I've seen this happen over and over again, where it's a social media post and they'll say, okay, guys, I'm starting a new challenge group for this new drink that's releasing on Friday, and this is what it's called, and this is what it does, and this is the company that I work with that you can get it from. Okay, so now I'm curious, but I also have a lot of information. In fact, so much information that I don't need to ask you a question. I have everything I need to do a Google search. I can interact with you where I know you're going to sell me, or I can do a little bit of consumer research which most of us do. Most of us go to Google and we type in the name of the product or the service and we do a Google search. 
And when you do a Google search, when someone does a Google search on something that you would like to help them with, you've lost the opportunity to control that situation, right? So if I do a Google search on just about anything, anything from the Bible to a car to your name, there's going to be negative reviews and positive reviews. There's going to be people who hate it and people who love it. That's just the nature of the freaking internet. Can you believe it? There are people who don't like Oprah. Pick a side of the coin and there are people who hate it and people who love it. So why take that risk? Okay, now let's just say I read some reviews and I really like what these reviews say about this particular product. Why would I buy it from the person who I'm worried that you're also going to talk me into becoming a rep when I can buy it without any strings attached on Amazon? What you want to do is invite a conversation, create curiosity. And the way to do that is by not telling people that you plan on selling people. There's so many different examples I could share with you, but I don't know exactly your situation, but I do know this about you. You are smart enough to take these analogies and apply it to what it is you're doing in social media. In other words, here's the golden rule. Drip out enough information that people ask questions. You know, share your enthusiasm, share your passion, share your results, share the features and benefits without sharing that final piece of information. Share just enough that people, they need to ask questions. And as a matter of fact, you need people to ask questions so you can enter into a conversation if you're truly about serving people. The other day, I had somebody send me a direct message on Instagram stories, and they said, you know, I've been following you for a long time. I listen to your podcast. I listen to Build Your Tribe. And I'm wondering if you think Marketing Impact Academy is right for my business. Now, my general answer is that Marketing Impact Academy is a must for anyone in any business. It doesn't matter whether you're just starting out, you're not sure what your business should be, you've already got a business, you want to grow it. I personally believe it is the be-all, end-all for business building, especially those of you who need to build an online presence. However, if I just answered to her, yes, absolutely, and here's a link, I'm not really serving her because I honestly don't know if there's something she needs to do before the Marketing Impact Academy. My honest answer is to say, tell me a little, to get more information. And so I replied with, maybe, but let me ask you a few questions. Do you already have an existing business? If so, where are you struggling? If not, do you have an idea for an existing business? Because I personally am not going to suggest the Marketing Impact Academy to someone who has no idea what they want to do, like no clue. They're not even sure if they want to have passive income. I'm like, well, why would I recommend that to them? They need some clarity. They need to figure out what they're passionate about. And if they really want passive income, I might recommend smart success. Actually, I might go all the way back and figure out first, do they have a system for figuring out their passions, their priorities, and goal setting? Because if they don't, like, you got to figure that out before you become an entrepreneur. They would need to, in my estimation, before you spend you know, $2,000 investment with the Marketing Impact Academy, you need probably to have some direction. And I would suggest that they start with a Smart Life Push Journal. That would be the starting point. If they told me they're, they're already building a business, it's really successful, but they just they don't know how to hire people and they're, they're kind of at a point where they can't grow any further, they have built a pretty big online business, they've got a social media presence, but they're just overwhelmed and they need help, well, then I would tell them, there's no point in me suggesting to them the Marketing Impact Academy, which gives you more things to do to grow your business. Before I give you more things to do, 
you need more help. So I might suggest to them the Virtual Business Academy. That's an online academy that teaches you how to outsource. Even before I teach you how to outsource in that program, I first teach you how to develop a really clean digital system so that your Dropbox looks like the container store where all of your files are protected. You've got to put yourself in a position from a privacy and a security standpoint that you're actually able to hire virtual assistants and share your passwords. And you know, to do all of these things first and foremost is to build a solid foundation. And then I'll teach you how to find virtual help and where to start and how to look for these people and how to interview them. My point is, if you're truly in this to serve others, you have to listen to others. And if you're giving out all the information that you think people need, then that's not a conversation. That's a monologue. So my last and final tip for you to think about when creating content that builds curiosity is to remember this. Okay, remember this phrase. Likes and follows wear thin. Questions for the win. Okay, I'm going to challenge you to create your next social media post, your next piece of content, not with the intention of seeing how many likes or shares or new follows you get, but instead, I want you to measure your success based on how many questions and follow-up conversations you can generate. Because that, my friends, is how we build relationships, by listening. And I love listening to you, which is why I've made the shift myself in my social media strategies, which is also why I love listening to you. I love listening to you on SpeakPipe. I wanna share with you really cool messages like this one that came in from Renee. Hi, Shaleen. My name is Renee Paulson and I am a lifer. I have been following you for the last 10 years and I absolutely love your podcast and all the systems that you put out for real life and how to make things so much easier. So when you came out with the push journal, I knew that I had to get it. See, I'm a real life coach, author, and speaker, which were some really big, scary goals. And I had no idea how I was going to actually make them happen. That's why I got the first round of the push journals and I absolutely loved it because the brainstorming session, you can break everything down a lot easier and simpler and get more stuff done and be more productive throughout the day without feeling scattered or overwhelmed. I use them every single day. Probably the best thing that I love about it is that there isn't a date. So like you said, I'm not throwing away a bunch of pages. And I also recommend the push journals to every single one of my clients to help them achieve their goals and feel more organized and get more stuff done. So I want to thank you so much for coming out with the push journal system. It's really helped me stay organized and also accountable, especially with my sleep, workouts, and my diet and water intake. It's kind of like the total package of keeping yourself organized and accountable and on track throughout the day. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And I absolutely love them. Ah, thank you, Renee. Seriously, I you, you don't even know. Words of affirmation are my love language. So thank you for the love note. Thank you for the love message, Renee. And for those of you who are interested in learning more about the Smart Life Push Journal, you can go to smartlifepushjournal.com and just see if it would fit for you. It's not a journal that's for everybody. It's for people who want something simple that's lightweight and easy and helps you get your whole life right. 
It has been my pleasure to be here today, and it is my goal to be brief, to be bright, to make it fun, to do a little singing, and then be done. We are done. This episode has been brought to you by the Smart Life Push Journal. If you're the type of individual who loves to make lists, keep yourself on task, get organized, and there just don't seem to be enough hours in the day. This is a convenient, lightweight, simple-to-use, 30-day system. This is not just a day planner. And learn how you can get your health, fitness, life, and goals organized and develop the laser focus you need to have the life that you deserve. Check it out. Go to smartlifepushjournal.com.